0: Hello and welcome to you just got homeschooled with RJ. Um, today I'm going to try to explain kind of something I've been working on. It's been something I've been working on for a week or so now, and I, I found it very interesting. Uh, being a educator by profession, and kind of stumbling into homeschooling as a something I, I realized later on that I, I really honestly believe in and think is the best option for most students. Um, this is a project kind of itself. I gave it to myself, right, an internal project, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to, to give it to you uh, at a later date, but it's been interesting because in my professional career, I've been taught, you know, one set of things, right? This is how things work, and this is why you need to do them, and this is how it's going to work. In fact, that's what I went through as a, as a kid, right? I go to get up every morning, go to school, um, the same reading, math, history, science. Oh, and by the way, if you do really well at this, you can go to college, and then when you get to college, you'll get a job. And out of college and, you know, so forth and so on. And then throughout my various jobs, I've been in various roles similar to that. And then I got the job that I currently have in which I facilitate homeschooling, homeschoolers in various forms, everything from um, the parents basically outsourcing to outside curriculum where there's other teachers and stuff like that to parents who are taking complete control. And all I really see is what I need to see. Uh, And then I just resource them. I talk to them. But this project is uh, graduation requirements. Because I deal primarily with high schoolers in the job that I currently work in, um, there's lots of benefits. One, I love high schoolers. Like as a group of students, they are my favorite. Um, Not because other kids are not good or because I can't teach them, but simply because I love the higher level discussions that high schoolers can have. I love the questions. I love the SAS in a sense. Like I love all that stuff. But graduation requirements are something that I always found really interesting because it's not something you think about as a parent. It's not something you think about as a student. It's not something you think about in a regular school setting because it's all prepped for you. Like you're just told. Like I remember in high school it was just like, okay, you have to take English and you have to take a math and you have to take this. Um, so you just got to choose your electives right but it's not like told to you as in like you have to do this many years of english and this many years of math and this many years of science oh and you can do only this if you want to if you're not planning to go to college but if you are going to go to college you should probably do this there's none of that and so now as a teacher where i'm doing that planning for students or helping them decide and, and kind of giving them what it is that they're working on or, you know like what they're working towards in a high school environment um it's really interesting because now i'm able to go to students and say like well do you want to do another year of math, like it might look good for college, but if you're not going into a math field and you're gonna go to a a junior college first, maybe you don't need this math. So what I've been doing is I've been going through state by state. Um, I think I'm in the mid-ims now. I might've, yeah, I'm somewhere, you know, I passed Massachusetts. I think I got through Michigan. Trying to remember where else I've been, but I've, you know, I, in alphabetical order, going through the states and looking at their graduation requirements. How many courses and what courses do they need in order to graduate? And I found something really surprising. Um, having grown up in California, living in California, and having been ta- taught only in California, um, I thought, given all the stuff that I've been told as an educator, that California is a leader. And what I found is, California might be a leader if the race is to the bottom, because what I have seen so far is that most of the time, most of the other states, including the ones that California as a a state would often look down on as being less than the great shining beacon that is California, their standards are actually higher. Um, where you might have a state, actually most states seem to require four years of English. California only requires three. You know, a lot of them require three or four years of math. California requires two. Um, They require three or four years of science. California requires one life science and one physical science. Um, Many of them don't require a foreign language, um, but some of them do require, you know, things like um, PE and health, which California does, I think, to a lesser degree, um, they will require you to take, uh, like, not continuing education classes, but, like, classes towards a career path. And they often call them CTE classes, which I'm trying to remember what the acronym is for. Um, sort of technical education, maybe. Um, and so, but I just found it interesting. The states like Louisiana actually look like it's a lot harder to graduate than it does than it is in California. Despite the fact that California treats itself as if it's, you know, the, the leader in education. And it just blew my mind, like, to, to be honest, because I'm going through, like I said, state by state. So I'm trying to write down all of these things and all the little caveats there. And some states are moving from a, um, you have to comp- complete these courses to you have to score this on a, on a test, um, which, depending on who you are, might be great or bad. For some kids, it might be awesome because they're just like, well, if you can score at a sophomore level, on the test then you're good to go and that's what they're using to kind of gauge whether or not you're you're competent um, and you have succeeded and learning enough stuff in order to graduate but it's great for those those students in those um states who are like well i'm done like i'm, I'm already good like i have some students right now that i i work with that are exceptional writers and exceptional readers they score above, like the score at a college level in early high school, like the first half of high school. And the thing is, if you can read well, you're set in a lot of ways. Like it's going to be, I mean, as long as you're not going into something that's heavy math, you're probably going to be fine no matter what you do, because you're able to, like, you've worked yourself into, you know, a high enough standard that you can comprehend just about anything thrown at you. It might take a little bit of time to reset or to key in properly, but you'll, you'll be fine. And the same thing, but like having these tests might be a great idea, but I just thought I it, it was just flabbergasted to be honest. I'm sitting here going, we think we're so good. And yet what I see over and over and over again is Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, a lot of these states, Kentucky, um, that are often kind of, you know, California would thumb their nose at are, at least their, their standards on paper are higher than California's. Meanwhile, California is pushing um, what they call the A through G alignment. Um, now, part of the reason why they're pushing it is because schools are rated based on how many students graduate A through G aligned, meaning that they've met all the A through G requirements. The funny part is that A through G is not state mandated. It's not something that's controlled directly by the government instead or the state government. Instead, it's controlled by the, the UC, so the University of California and the um, Cal State system. The board of regents set these standards to say these are the classes we want you to have taken if you want to be considered for admission right out of high school so it's normally four years of high school three years of math two years of science preferably three two years of foreign or two consecutive or two years of the same foreign language you know stuff like that an arts um, you know and so but in theory if you take these classes you should be able to then cut it when you go to a Cal State or a UC. The funny part is, is having been in schools when A through G started, and having students in school with A through G now, and now better understanding how the A through G system works, I recognize just how, how liberally they use the stamp. Because the way that it works, to get A through G approved, a course to get A through G approved, is a course is written, like all the curriculum is decided on those kind of things, and then it's handed over to the UC system, and they look through it, and they say, yeah, this meets all requirements, and put a stamp on it. But from what I, what I understand at this moment, which is you know, not extensive by any stretch, but everyone I've talked to and everything I've heard is that no one follows up on that. So you can have a course that's stamped A through G approved and you can send a kid through it, but there's no guarantee that the assignments that were in the course are being done, that the content that is in the course is being taught, like there's no follow up to it, right? There's no follow through to it. And so it makes it hard for me to believe that anything's really happening there. And and it's borne out to some degree in the sense that I've had students that have gone through courses. In fact, my brother has gone through courses that are A through G approved. And I am frustrated. I feel like he has been under like under educated in some areas, but it says a through G and the school that he attends is an avid demonstration school, which avid is another program that is, you know, supposed to help kids get into college. And yet I look at the kids coming out and going, really like you're ready for college on what planet? Like you can read the cliff notes, but could you read the book? And so, and that's not to say that that's every kid. And that's not to say that, you know, there aren't great, wonderful teachers there who do their best every single day. And they'll work really hard and fight for the students and really educate. But like I've said many times before, oftentimes there's just so many students that if you're an average teacher in an average class, you're going to spend more time trying to police the cell phones and stop kids from doing things they are not supposed to than you're ever going to have to teach. And so, Um, I just wanted to tell you that I'm working on this project and and that it it surprises me just how much variation there is, even with the common core standards coming out and the feds kind of taking more of a direct interest. Um, And hopefully, once I get all these completed, I'll be able to push them out to you guys and you'll be able to see them and and, um, see what it's like for your state, what is required for your state. And hopefully at some point I'll be able to offer some services along with that that'll um, help you to plan and implement um, curriculum choices and things like that for those of you who want to try this homeschooling thing and, and see its benefit. So um, I, I hope you like all of this. Um, like I said before, if you uh, like the podcast, please share it with someone. Go and hit whatever buttons there are to like, subscribe, give me stars, those kind of things. Leave comments and reviews and I'll go look at them. Um, I also have an Instagram page. It's Podcast. Uh, my wife maybe do it, which I think was wise, but I don't know how to use it yet, but I'll be getting stuff up there hopefully eventually. So um, en- enjoy this time. Um, go look at the standards for your state. Go look at the what's required to graduate. I know that some states, like in California, we uh, our college and university system oftentimes doesn't know what to do with homeschoolers, but I know that other states actually actively recruit homeschoolers because they know the quality of kid. If a kid can be disciplined to do their work at home, they're not, or they're not as likely to fail out of college because they already know what it's like to have to go to work when there's no one there watching them. And that's a great benefit, like just as a self-discipline to you and to your student. And it's a great discipline for them when they go into college when all of a sudden the professor may not care about them and they may be in a class of two or three or 400 students and they're never going to talk directly with the professor and the TA is going to grade everything and no one's going to make sure that they're going to class and all those things. And so just be aware that there are some there are many schools and many states who actively pursue homeschoolers because they know the quality of kid they're going to get is going to be better than what they normally get in a normal classroom. And so be encouraged by that and and you know continue to press on and look look into if you haven't started homeschooling and just continue to try to build if you have. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns, you know, please go ahead and reach out to me. And hopefully I'll be able to help. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will talk to you later. Have a great day.